The fastest goals. The experts' opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. First game of the afternoon finished Hamilton nil Celtic 1 James Forrest the match winner for Celtic 5 out of 5 for them They roll on to Wren on Thursday in the Europa League Let's turn our attentions for a while to the 3 o'clock kickoffs Because there are some absolute crackers in there We've got the top team all around the grounds And we'll start at Ibrox Rangers against Livingston with some big breaking team news Andrew McLean yeah, well, it all looked to be going so well for Rangers at the start of this season, didn't it? They had a 100% record in the league. They'd made it into the Europa League group stages, but that 2-0 loss here to Celtic was not the result that they needed at the forefront of their minds going into that international break. They'll still be hurting from that one, but the fans got a big boost on transfer deadline day when Ryan Kent made his return to the club. Big money and big expectations for him this season. And I'll give you a bit of a taster because he is in the starting lineup for this one and will be out there for his second debut, if you like. As for Livingston, what a season they've had so far. They sit just one place and one point behind Rangers in the table. They've only scored one goal less as well. Confidence will be sky high for them, and a boost for them going into this one. Great to see Gary Holt return to the setup after today, after illness. So for Rangers, it's four changes from that 2-0 loss to Celtic. A 4-3-3 for them. Out go Jack, Kamara, Flanagan, and Defoe. In come Halliday, Ojo, Morelos, and Ryan Kent. So it's Alan McGregor in goal. It's a back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Nikola Katic, and Andy Halliday. The midfield three, Joe Aribo, Stephen Davis, and Scott Arfield with Ojo and Ryan Kent, either side of Alfredo Morelos. The substitutes, Fodringham, Hellander, Barisic, Kamara, King, Barker and Defoe. It's two changes for Livingston. Out go Lithgow and Suda and in come Lamy and Jacobs. A 4-5-1 for them. It's Ross Stewart in goal, Nicky Devlin, Jack McMillan, John Guthrie and Ricky Lamy at the back. Chris Erskine, Keegan Jacobs, Marvin Bartley and Robbie Crawford across the midfield. Uh, Stephen Lawless as well, sorry, and Lyndon Dykes is the lone striker. The substitutes, Sarkic, Savan, Pepe, Stobbs, Suda, Robinson and Tiffany. The referee for this one is Willie Collum. How do you see this one going today, Gord? Well, the lads in the studio just listening to them coming in today were using the word levels. I think Rangers are a different level from Livingston, no disrespect. Uh, you know, it shows when you can bring in a £7 million player and uh, I think all the Rangers fans will be looking forward to seeing Ryan Kent back at Ibrox. I was speaking to Gary Holt just downstairs before I come up, uh, Andrew, and uh, his team picks itself because he's had a few injury problems, obviously missing his captain today. One or two of his players didn't actually train until yesterday. So it's a makeshift team he's thrown out there, but he says he's got a game plan. They know they'll be well organised, disciplined, but I really see Rangers win this conference. Livingston could leapfrog Rangers with a win today whereas Rangers looking to close the gap to Celtic back to three points kickoff at three o'clock uh, Gordon Diel the headline is a fairly obvious one it's Ryan Kent staring us right in the face how interested are you to see how he does because now he's back with a renewed sense of, of expectation this time last year People didn't really know what to expect from him And he got a bit of time to get up to speed He then went on to become Scotland's Young Player of the Year And cost £7 million So you probably don't get the same time to get up to speed this time around Yeah, I think Rangers have put a, a lot of hope on into the fact that Ryan Kent has come back And uh, they'll be looking for a positive um, reaction from him I think they'll get that I think it's a perfect game today There'll be a packed house here It's at Ibrox uh, Livingston will probably drop off they'll get plenty of the ball Rangers uh, the one thing about the boy he's very talented uh, but he's now living under a pressure of a £7 million price tag as well Gordon so it'll be interesting how he plays but I think he'll just fit into things like he was never away and of course no Ryan Jack that's been well documented uh, careless according to Stephen Gerrard that's the treatment the Scottish FA gave Ryan Jack um, what that does mean though Gordon is Scott Arfield 
Back in a midfield three So a, a deeper role Than we've really seen him At all this season We saw him there A, a bit last season um, But he's been playing Further forward He's now back in that Midfield three Yeah well he knows How to play He's an experienced player uh, He will get plenty Of the ball as I said Because I think Livingston will come With the game plan He just try to defend As, as best as he possibly can um, I prefer him up front Gordon If I'm going to be honest But he's got to get Kent into the team He wants Ojo Into the team He's going to look For a bit of width um, against Livingston and try and get down the flanks. So um, our field will just slot in there. I, I, I don't see any problems, but if I was playing him week in, week out, then I would certainly prefer him in a forward role because I think he's better there. And the one that just won't go away for Rangers, Gordon, is left back. The international break is just done. Borna Barisic goes away again, plays with one of the best sides in Europe, in Croatia. He is on the bench and Andy Halliday gets the nod at left back this afternoon. Yeah, uh, interesting that, I've got to say. I thought Barisic would have come in. I thought he had a good game against St Mirren. He got the goal. I wasn't surprised he was left out against Celtic because you're up against James Forrest and I think you need someone with more defensive skills in there. And uh, they brought Flanagan back in for that game. But Halliday, he's played there before, Gordon. Um, he'll go up and down the pitch. He'll sit. He's an experienced player here. I don't see any problems at all because I really don't see Livingston causing Rangers a lot of problems. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just speaking to Gary down the stairs. I say he knows it's going to be a difficult afternoon. He's he's not had a lot of time to prepare. A lot of his players only trained yesterday. They'll come with the game plan. He's sitting in trying to frustrate Rangers. But I just think today. After the Celtic game, after the disappointment of the defeat, with Ryan Kent back as well, packed Ibrook Stadium, I just think they'll have too much. Hugh Evans, big game, because we know this is the way it's going to be this season. Celtic have done their bit, maybe not as impressive as, as you expected, but they've won the game, they're three points, the gap is six, yeah. and Rangers need to do something about that this afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, everything is about the league this season. Uh, the Europa League doesn't matter to the Rangers fans, the Europa League doesn't matter to the Celtic fans. Nine in a row matters to both. Uh, and therefore, the pressure that Rangers were under prior to today has just doubled because Celtic did get their win. Uh, now, Rangers can't afford to slip up, but I go back to levels again. For me, Livingston, I don't think, can live with Rangers at Ibrook. Maybe at their own place, it can all get a bit more sweaty. But for me, Rangers win by three goals. Uh, Alex Ray what, what jumps out at you From the team I know they're the obvious one In Ryan Kent Give us your overall assessment Yeah I'm relatively Comfortable in terms of the shape Gordon it's very familiar It's a 4-3-3 uh, Arfield will go back into His familiar Where he played most of his stuff uh, Midfield uh, Supporting Davis And Arebo Which has the, the natural balance With the left foot there Ojo will come off The right hand side I would imagine Kent uh, the introduction uh, And then it's back to Morelos Can he be the one To get the goals uh, I'm surprised uh, Andy Halliday's in front of uh, Barisic It's that old argument I said a few weeks ago That I expected uh, Barisic to kick on On the back of that Wonderful free kick But It doesn't seem to materialise For a guy who's playing On a regular basis for Croatia So there's something Not quite right there uh, But On the the balance You know I think it'll be a very difficult game I think they're on the back Of three wins in the bounce Livingston If my memory serves mm-hmm. me right So yep. They're on good form uh, They've got a team That know how to play A particular style They get back to front early They're a major threat At set place And Rangers will be have to Have to be on the front foot To get the points today Let's hear from both managers then Well just one of the managers I should say Stephen Gerrard first up From a mental point of view Everyone's ready to, to bounce back Of course There's people at different stages Some have been away And played two internationals Some have travelled a lot Some have stayed behind And worked very hard And are, are very fresh um, And ready to go but I think all of us understand uh, the setback. 
and um, where we was 10 days ago. And that's the reason why I'm really looking forward to kick off on Saturday at 3 o'clock because uh, in football, you know, you get a chance to, to bounce back from a disappointment and that's what we want to do. And that's what all the fans are turning up there this afternoon, Gordon DL, expecting a response, a reaction to the disappointment before the break. Well, they need it because of the fact that Celtic have won the early kickoff. Uh, they're six points behind. Um, they can't go any further, you know, behind Celtic. Six points, even at this stage of the season, uh, would be too much already for me. So it's an important game for them. I think it's a good game for them because, as I say, it's a home tie. I think if it was at Livingston, uh, I think Alex Wright on their home patch, Livingston, they're a hard, hard team to beat. But the pitch is absolutely brilliant. Good, good conditions for football. Kent back. I think they'll have too much. I think they'll move the ball quickly. Uh, they've got a bit of width uh, in their, their, their team. And obviously, Morelos up front try to take the chances. So, yeah, I think the Rangers supporters are coming along here, not just to see a good performance and three points, but to see plenty of goals. And in the Livingston camp this week, we've been speaking to defender Ricky Lamy. That kind of stood as well last year as well. We, we seemed to perform really well in the big games, where maybe the, maybe the pressure was off high. So maybe for our side of things, maybe that's a bad thing in terms of we should take that in every game. But um, I think it's you know only human nature. You respond to the big occasion, I feel like. And I think, uh, obviously, as I say, we'll be looking to do that again. And we managed to take points off both sides of the old firm last year. So Let's keep going around the grounds then and get team news ahead of the big kickoffs at three o'clock. I think there's a collective pressure on the Edinburgh sides this afternoon. Roger Hanna's at Tynecastle for Hearts against Motherwell, Roger. Yeah, and Hugh started the show with some Celtic-related numbers, Gordon. I'll, I'll give you some Hearts stats for the boys. They start here today, joint bottom of the Premiership, but only above St. Johnson in goal difference. They've only taken two points all season from home draws with Ross County and Hamilton. And if you take in the final seven games of last season, they've taken three points from 33. They've not won a league game since the month of March, and this is now mid-September. Lose today, and it's a full-blown crisis for Craig Levine. There's an Edinburgh derby just eight days away at Easter Road against a Hibs team who are under fierce criticism as well from their own fans. So you talk about capital punishment, you might just see it this afternoon afternoon at Tynecastle. No injury no no injury benefits really for Craig Levine. They've still got a lengthy list. Stephen Naismith not in the 18 today. Still no John Souter. Joel Pereira, the goalkeeper for Manchester United, still out. As are Garuccio, Herring, Walker and Whiten. There's four changes from the side. I saw draw 2-2 with Hamilton here a fortnight ago and that includes a new front two. Stephen McLean and Uchiak Piazu back up front for the Jambos. So they go with Colin Doyle in goal as a back four of Jamie Brandon, Craig Halkett, Christoph Berra and Aaron Hickey. Midfield, Jake Mulraney, Andy Irving, Glenn Whelan and Sean Clare. And up top, as we say, McLean and Piazzo on the bench, Lamal, Smith, Washington, Damour, Kina, Morrison and Machino. As for Motherwell, well, no such problems for them. Stephen Robinson's men in the top six and no Charles done, but they can afford to keep the new deadline day signings Mark O'Hara and Beavis Mugabe on the bench and there's a rare start up top for Devante Cole this afternoon so it's Mark Gillespie in goal it's a back four Liam Grimshaw Declan Gallagher Peter Hartley and Jake Carroll midfield three Liam Donnelly Alan Campbell and Liam Polworth and up top Sherwin Sadoff James Scott and Devante Cole on the bench it's Carson Tate Long Hilton Maguire Mugabe and O'Hara the referee at Tynecastle and you expect it to be a nervous angst ridden Tynecastle this afternoon it's Ewan Anderson let's hear from both managers then starting with the home boss the one who's on the cusp of a crisis according uh, to Roger Hanna here's Craig Levine we've had a little bit of time off uh, we've changed the, the schedule for uh, international breaks this year um, 
so they've probably done more work than they would have done last season, um, but that's probably a consequence of where we are and things that we need to, to focus on. Um, but I mean, it, it's you never know with these things. Sometimes you, you get a break; it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, all I can do is focus on this match and try and get the preparation right for that. And he's up against Stephen Robinson today. He was training with us anyway, so it probably speeded up that process a little bit. Um, although that we've we've worked hard on things, we've worked to get people fitter as well. You know, which is something I spoke about before we broke up. Um, and all in all, it's been very good, very um, positive, very refreshing with the, the attitudes because. The week when you don't have a game is very hard sometimes, you know, with nothing to aim for. But the, the you know, the attention to detail that is, you know, the boys have taken on board and the application's been superb. Charles only had the problem, I think it was with Thursday. You know, Bevis had been training with us. And what he does is he brings a level of experience. You know, he, he's played games down south at League One and League Two level. You know, he's played international football as well. So, you know, he's, he's a big, strong boy. He's, he's decent on the ball. Um, we were trying to find a way to do the deal anyway but you know that became a, a necessity when when Charles got injured So that's Tyne Castle for Hearts against Motherwell uh, and Hibs go to Kilmarnock Mark Guidi maybe not under quite the same pressure as their city rivals but but certainly there's a spotlight in Paul Hakingbottom at the moment as well Yes it is uh, absolutely Gordon this is uh, game number five of the season the four previous league games Hibs only have one victory and that came in the opening day of the season uh, against St Mirren so clearly Paul Heckingbottom knows that they certainly can't afford to lose the game today otherwise the spotlight will be firmly on him and as Roger said across the city that comes a week ahead of an Edinburgh derby but they play against a Kilmarnock team who also have just won League One all season but in contrast for Angelo Alessio that came in their last outing before the international break when they defeated uh, St Johnston away from home 1-0 so not many changes as you would imagine he goes the same again Angelo Alessio alone on the bench for of the new signings that they managed to bring in on deadline uh, weekend, uh, find a way onto the substitutes bench for this game at Rugby Park. But it's a 4 2 3 1 for Kilmarnock. They're in sixth place on the table. It's Lauren Branescu in goals at the back. Steve Dandoro, Dario Del Fabro, Stuart Finlay, and Nico Hamalainen holding two as ever Alan Power and Gary Dicker. And it's Rory McKenzie, Mo El Macrini, and Liam Miller playing in behind the striker. Eamon Brophy on the bench for Kelly. It's Jan Koprovic, Stephen Henry, Alex Bruce, Ian Wilson, Dom Thomas, Harvey Sinclair and Osman So for Hibernian. It's a 4-4-1-1 line-up. It's Ophir Marciano in goals. At the back, Jason Naismith, Ryan Porteous, Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. The four in midfield, Daryl Horgan, Stevie Mallon, Josh Vea and Melker Halberg and it's Scott Allen playing just in behind the striker Florian Camberry on the bench for Heckenbottom's team it's Chris Maxwell, Christian Dodge, Joe Newell, Tom James, Adam Jackson, Glenn Middleton and Ollie Shaw and today's match referee at Rugby Park it's Kevin Clancy Mark Guidi you talk about teams looking for a reaction from, from the game after, uh, prior to the break Hibs were so, so poor against Motherwell. Our first caller that night was a very passionate Hibs fan. He was raging with the way the team were playing. So that's the challenge for them, to, to show that they've learned something during the break and that they're up for this. Yeah, they've got to, you know, you, know, you hear of players in the past that say they'll, they'll run through a brick wall for their manager because they like him, they want to do well for him as well as themselves and supporters and you get the feeling you're not quite sure that's the case um, at Hibernian. But there's one way to go out and show that it is. 
and that's to do that today um, for the manager. But certainly, when you consider Heckenbottom's first two or three months in charge, really got things going. He took over and, and carried what Neil Lennon had started, and actually, you know, took it on um, again. But um, at the moment, the start uh, to this season for Hibernian, and considering you know they spent the reason of about half a million pounds uh, during the transfer window, which is a lot for Scottish clubs out with the old firm, it's just not been good enough. Uh, St Mirren are in Dingwall to take on Ross County A man who would follow his team anywhere Fraser Wishart's watching that one for us I'm not sure about that I'll be up here by choice But it was a beautiful drive up the A9 I did choose this game And it's the usual warm and welcome reception From everybody at uh, Ross County A very good club who are glad to see everybody here And I'm looking forward to an exciting game Because even early as this is in the season again will be a decent indicator for, for both of them to see where they're going to be for the season ahead most people expect them to be in the relegation fight this season and after decent early results they both had setbacks in recent weeks so I think it's important psychologically for both sides to get something from this game because you're playing against a club that's going to be in your area of the league for most of the season Ross County won here against Aki's first game of the season great start they, and then I saw them draw 0-0 with Hearts and the signs were good and they looked a good well organised side but since then they've lost in the League Cup at Fir Hill lost the next two league games conceding 10 goals in the process and games like today are vital if they're going to get back on track because they had a, a pretty tough start to be honest played Hibs, Aberdeen and Rangers in the first four games but I think the most disappointing result was probably at Livingston last time out two weeks ago they didn't get going until they were two down and they could have got a point so there were some positives in the last 20-30 minutes for Jim Goodwin but they've looked a better organised side but the new players in attacking here are still settling in if they're going to claim this division likes of Andrew, Obika, Durmus, Morias will need to score more goals in attacking positions for St if they're going to climb this table the pitch is perfect we bit of wind up here at pitch level but hopefully that won't affect the quality of the game for Ross County three changes Fontaine, Payton and Ewan Henderson on loan from Celtic are in with Mullen, Gravosti and Morris out Ross Laidlaw's in goals Marcus Fraser, Keith Watson Liam Fontaine and Richard Foster at the back Harry Payton Ewan Henderson Ian Vigers and Michael Gardine in midfield with Billy Mackay and Ross Stewart as the strikers the subs Jack Ruddy Tom Gravosti Josh Mullen Brian Graham Blair Spittle Simon Power and Joe Chalmers for St and just one change from defeat against Livy Tony Andrews on the bench and Junior Morias comes in and he changed to a 4-4-2 formation Vaclav Hladke's in goals Paul McGinn Gary McKenzie Sean McGlock and Callum Waters at the back Kyle McGuinness Ryan Flynn Sam Foley and Kyle McAllister are in midfield with Juno Morias joining Jonathan Abika up front Dean Linus Tony Andrew Ilka Durmus Danny Mullen Kurt Broadfoot Owen Jorkayev and Cammy McPherson are on the bench and the referee today is Mr Colin Stephen Thank you to the top team all around the grounds bringing us team news ahead of the three o'clock kickoffs. Chris Commons is still with us after watching Hamilton against Celtic and we're going to start hearing from Brian Rice and Neil Lennon and we'll look at a prof High-profile departure from Rangers after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Saturday afternoon, we've already had one game where it finished Hamilton nil, Celtic one. James Forrest, uh, the match winner in that one. We've got some massive fixtures this afternoon. Rangers against Livingston, a second debut for Ryan Kent. Uh, Kilmarnock Hibbs, Hearts Motherwell, and Ross County St Mirren in the top flight, and of course. Uh, keeping an eye on all things down the divisions as well Chris Commons is still with us He's been watching uh, Hamilton against Celtic At the Fountain of Youth Stadium uh, We're about to hear from both managers very soon Chris, so uh, what, what would you expect? What would you expect the reaction to be From the likes of Neil Lennon? Uh, I think he would say that it was a disappointing second half That I would probably suspect that you know He just wanted the three points It's vital when you're uh, going for titles And you're playing before 
you know the uh, the the rest of the league that you get the three points. Uh, they've got the clean sheet. I think they can now turn the attention to what's going to be a difficult uh, away trip to Rennes. Um, but I think yeah, I think after international break, everyone comes back. They you know they got through the game. They were fit. I think behind the scenes there'll be more said. But I think he'll be just pleased that he got the three points and albeit um, you know in the first three minutes. So it's uh, going to be interesting that he does. You know, just what he will say because I don't think he will be frustrated. I think he will just be uh, relatively calm. Let's bring the top team in on this around the grounds. I mean, Gordon Deal, you're obviously watching Rangers against Livingston, but but these issues are are intertwined these days. And uh, Celtic have put the marker down. They, they've got the three points this afternoon, and in many ways, well, I'll, I'll ask you the, how much does it matter that that they weren't at their best? Is it all about getting the three points? Does the level of performance have to be better? Yeah, I think Chris is right. I think when you're playing the early game, yeah, a performance goes hand in hand, would be brilliant. But uh, it's about getting the three points, putting the pressure on Rangers, because they now know that they trail six points behind Celtic. I don't think they can afford to lose this game. They've got to close that gap this afternoon to three, which I expect them to do. But when you're playing the early games or you're playing a Saturday and other teams playing a Sunday, it's vital you keep the pressure. It's vital you get the three points. Yes. Uh, Neil Lennon be looking for probably a better performance but as Chris said clean sheet uh, James Forrest goal again and three points I think he'll be happy overall um, with the fact that that's what happened this afternoon and it's over to Rangers now at Ibrox Yeah uh, this season nothing else matters except who wins the league the Rangers supporters and Celtic supporters don't care about Europe uh, but I think the Celtic supporters are entitled to ask why a side with as many terrific talents in it as Celtic had today, deliver the performance that was so ordinary. I accept unreservedly that the three points are of crucial importance, but my goodness, the performance was ordinary. Uh, we're just we're literally seconds away from hearing from Neil Lennon, so we'll quickly get the the thoughts of some of the other guys. Um, Mark Guidi, again, that, that points versus performance debate, we've had it a million times, we'll, we'll probably continue to have it as well. Yeah, it, it doesn't uh, matter, Gordon, it's about winning the game. Uh, ideally, you'd love to get in one, three or four, nothing, and everything's flowing, but you get the goal, and uh, what you can take is a big plus point from it, albeit it's Hamilton with the greatest respect to them. It's another clean sheet for a, a new back four, a new goalkeeper, a new left back still settling in, new central defensive partnership, and a new right back. So to go and get a clean sheet in any game, particularly with the home, is a positive. And albeit it was only one goal, but I tell you what, what a goal it was. What a beautifully worked goal from Edward um, out to the wing to Alan Yussi. And then for you know James Forrest, a natural wide player to show that striker's instinct, attack the front pose, beat the defender to it and just poke it home past one for Williams. It was a quality goal to win any game. It's a case of three points, very good performance in difficult conditions. Um, Five wins out of five, which we've not done for a long time at the start of the season. Clean sheet, so that's a third out of five. So we are playing very, very well. The only you know, tinge of regret is we didn't score more. You know, Jamesy's hit the bar. Jamesy had a fantastic game. And you could see with the pitch drying up with the wind, it you know, it slowed the pitch right down. And we have to give credit to Hamilton who, you know, set their stall out to be difficult to beat. So in terms of being maybe a spectacle it takes two teams to make a game but we did all the running and there was no anxiety out there today at all There's your answer Chris Commons very much focusing on the positives Neil Lennon Yeah and as I said they're very very calm I think he's outlined the 
the clean sheet, the difficult conditions, that they got the result. Um, but yeah, I think if you analyse that second half in particular, it would be disappointed at the amount of loose balls that were played, the sloppiness that came into Celtic's defence. And, you know, I think playing against a better team, you know, all giving credit to Hamilton, if they were playing against a better team, I think Celtic could have been in trouble but um, you know listening to what Hugh Keevans was saying and watching the game live you know I think there was only one team that was going to get a goal in that second half and it was Hamilton they did you know try and cause Celtic problems and issues and Celtic on the other hand didn't even look like they were going to get into the uh, opposition's box so you know it does take the positives out of it. It certainly seems a lot calmer, but I think behind the scenes, make no mistake about it, I think he'll be talking to individual players and just saying we could do with a little bit more. He described it, Chris, as a very good performance. Now, he's had a wonderful result at Ibrooks. Celtic are motoring very nicely, but you are still allowed to pick holes in what a manager says. Very good performance. No, it wasn't. No, I think what he was, he was probably alluding to performance-wise is the clean sheet. You know, there's no injuries. They got the goal. He, you know, alluded to James Forrest's performance, which I thought was, for his standard, mediocre at best. I don't think he had the most glittering of performances. And you have to look at the stats of the amount of goals, uh, what well, amount of attempts that hit Hamilton's goal. I mean, the keeper had two saves to make, or uh, obviously the goal and then the bar. So you know, it wasn't as if that. Edward, James Forrest, Ryan Christie and Elanusi had this game of, you know, it was an onslaught of attacking threat. It was relatively comfortable for Hamilton, especially that second half. Um, so, yeah, you can pick the bones out of it. I think he will be happy that they are uh, in a position of five wins out of five. They go into, like I said, a very, very difficult game. But the performance level on Thursday night is going to have to be considerably better because if they do play like they did in that second half against a team like Wren it's going to be making for a, a very long evening OK let's park that one for the moment because there's plenty more time we're here till 6 o'clock there will be a lot more reaction to come from Hamilton against Celtic we'll hear more from Neil Lennon we'll hear from Brian Rice we might even hear from some of the players involved as well uh, in terms of a sort of breaking news story over the last 15-16 uh, hours or so would be that Rangers director of football Mark Allen is leaving the club Roger Hanna give, give us the story and, and perhaps your interpretation of it as well um, Rangers issued a statement I think about 8 o'clock last night confirming the departure of Mark Allen they're citing family reasons for his exit um, any attempts to glean more detail from Rangers thus far have been met with a stony silence um, you know, there's two ways of looking at Mark Allen's departure the way it was put together in the Rangers statement last night maybe he is leaving for family reasons or perhaps the board at Rangers weren't wholly convinced that Mark Allen was the, their best option as director of football I believe he did have a good relationship with Steven Gerrard but uh, Rangers now have a very top heavy squad uh, I think they were looking to offload more players before the transfer window closed the wage bill at Ibrox must be absolutely astronomical now Gordon and I'll be fascinated to see whether or not Rangers appoint a new director of football or whether they go in a different direction and leave 
those issues to be dealt with by the manager and by the board of directors? Uh, there's a story, I think it was perhaps another newspaper first, Roger. Um, I think you're, you're online, guys, have, have picked up on it. That There's a suggestion of behind-the-scenes tensions um, with regards to Mark Allen. It, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm not convinced the tensions are with the manager. It's what, it's what I'm saying, you know, that people will say the most important or one of the most important relationships inside a football club is the one between manager and director of football. I'm told Stephen Gerrard and Mark Allen got on well. Um, they worked quite closely, as you, as you would see. You've, you've seen Mark Allen down in the pitch at times during and after games, Gordon. So those tensions, could they perhaps be between Mark Allen and other members of staff, perhaps other directors? We, we, we don't know. As I say, Rangers are staying very tight-lipped at the minute on this. You know what Scottish football is like, Gordon. The, the truth will out eventually. As I understand it, Roger... In the two and a half years that Mark Allen was there, 34 players came into Rangers. Like all men in that position, there were good bits and there were bad bits. Last summer, they spent £5.5 million on Gresda, Barisic and Lafferty. Lafferty's gone, the other two don't play. Rangers can't afford to be paying £5.5 million for people who don't play. So he's had good bits and bad bits and he will be replaced. Uh, overall... He did a reasonable job, nothing better. The Rangers fans, Alex, will remember him yeah. most of all for bringing Stephen Gerrard to the club. Now, time will tell if Stephen Gerrard can win silverware and what he goes on to achieve, but the Rangers fans love him. That's 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 a fact yep. at the moment. And Mark Allen played an instrumental role in bringing him to the club. So that, that will certainly be a, a tick in the, the plus column, if you like, for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was uh, lots of facets to Mark Allen's uh, job. I think he had to overhaul the whole youth department as well. He had to sort out the the recruitment department, which was non-existent. He had to identify players because when they came into the club on the back of uh, the Kachinia tobacco, it was an absolute mess. So there was obviously going to be a, a, a lot of turnover of players. Um, I think the, the playing side as it currently stands at the moment, are, if you go back to that initial name coming in the door to where they are now, is night and day. Uh, I take Hugh's point on board where the, there is a lot of baggage. There's a lot of players there that are on good wages and they will not play a big part for me. You know, some of the guys will be earning fortune. It's surprising. I think the key thing for Rangers now is obviously the focus on the game today. Do they bring another guy in? Because I think for who's going to oversee that scouting department because Ross Wilson was the first target, I think, uh, kind of knocked it back. John Park is still out there floating about. You look at the job he done at Celtic. I know I'm talking about specifically for yep. recruitment now. If they want a director of football to oversee the whole shooting match, because because they still have is it Andy Schulding? Is that is that he, he heads yeah. up the scouting department at the moment? Yeah, he does the analysis side of things. Um, yeah. Mark Greedy, I guess what what we'll never really know is when Mark Allen got that job and he sat there. What, what was he told he would be judged on? Because if if he's going to be judged on helping deliver trophies to Rangers, then you you. you you can't really say it's been too successful yet but if he's going to be judged on maybe what structures he put in place behind the scenes or attracting a big name potentially successful manager you could certainly argue he's done that as Hugh Keevans mentions modern recruitment is always a mixed bag every club has a mixed bag you're trying to get more right than you get wrong how will how will Mark Allen's spell be remembered? Well I don't think it'll be uh, a loss to Rangers I think he's been living a charmed existence for quite a while um, at the club and uh, you know I'm always suspicious as you and Roger and yourself Gordon you'll know when it's uh, family reasons are cited in a statement um, it very rarely is the case I agree that I think he's had a good decent relationship uh, with the with the manager but um, I think he claims far too much credit 
for bringing Steve and Gerard uh, to the club. It wasn't all uh, Mark Allen's doing, and for him to say so, um, I don't think is correct. So let's you know put that one to bed um, as well. He's, he claims to be instrumental in that. Um, he wasn't the, the only one and didn't play the most significant role in that happening. Um, and some of the recruitment um, not been great um, at all. Not been great at all. And for me, it was a man. I, I'm always wary. A director of football. What's he doing at the training ground with the tracksuit on with the manager? Why is he down at the dugout um, at the end of games? That's not what a director of football is about. The dugout is for the manager, the coaching staff and the players. But overall, they had to bring somebody in, Rangers. They will have to replace him. I don't think there'll be a great urgency to replace him. Purely for the reason as well that good directors of football don't come cheap. And um, you know you can't afford just to throw one in for the sake of it. So I think Rangers will take their time. To answer your question, I don't think you'll be greatly missed. Gordon Beal? Yeah, for the first time in a long time, I agree with Mark Goody. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, he had a bit of a hit for himself. I'm looking at some of the signings that he's brought in. Yeah, Leverham Nels, some have been good, some have been bad. You talk about Barisic and, you know, Lafferty and people out, who was discussing. Hey, Lander there, I'm just looking just now. He was brought in for three million, can't get a game. Uh, obviously they went out and paid seven million for Kent. Now you can say they were desperate to get Kent. Would you have paid seven million? I don't think I would have. As much as I think he's a very talented player. So I'm with Mark Guidi. I don't think with all the players he's saying because in the last season you're looking roughly around about 27, 28 players. It's a big turnover. It's a huge wage bill they've got. Um, I don't think you'll be missing. No. Hugh, there's an old cynicism when you when you spend your your life or your career. Uh, waiting on, on stories coming out of clubs and, and club statements and so on Sometimes it means absolutely nothing yeah. But sometimes you just sit and wonder Why at 8 o'clock on a Friday night? And like I say, it sometimes is nothing But there's always the question mark When, when the timing looks like that um, Well, at one stage I would have agreed with you But uh, you know, Roger will know that uh, it doesn't go away 8 o'clock just means you have to start late uh, It gives everyone the Sunday newspapers 24 hours to do a bit of digging and uh, we are talking about it now. Therefore, you know, you can issue a statement, but you cannot really believe that that will be the end of the matter. Because in today's world, it's never the mm. end of the matter. Uh, Fraser Wisher, the, the question remains then, do Rangers hire another one? Do they get a, another director of football? Generally, we, we have probably taken a bit of time in this country to, to get round to the idea. We're a bit... We're a bit Set in our ways sometimes But most big clubs Have them or have, have that sort of structure Nowadays don't they Yeah but you can remember When Pedro Cachina was in charge The huge criticism of the fact That he had so much control Over the players that came in You know and the Carlos Peña And others who, who were a complete disaster And the cost to the club So, so the, the theory was Bringing a director of football to, to be that buffer To be the guy who deals with agents Deals with video analysis Deals with the scouting department And, and I think that's still vital Because you know Steven Gerrard is the first team manager First team coach he deals with that side you just don't possibly have time now in the modern world to deal with everything so managers need a bit of support and they've also got to have the trust or they've got to trust sorry the director of football who, who's in that position between the, the, the board as well and it was interesting comments there uh, that I hear the same thing that Jitsim Gerrard had a decent relationship you know with, with Mark Wilson uh, sorry with um, uh, Mark Allen there wasn't uh, any problems there but uh, Roger making that comment about you know, perhaps the board may not be happy with the players going out the way as, as well, and I wonder whether that made had something to do with it. We, we might never know 
But in answer to your question, absolutely. And Rangers now, it's a time where the transfer window's closed, which is also a, a key point. Get somebody in because the next transfer window is going to be important to getting players out as much as anything because the wage bill and the, and the staff is, is, is really, really big. But yeah, Rangers do need somebody in that position to just take the pressure off and support the manager while also just managing the board for the manager's point of view in terms of finance and, and signings. And that somebody, Fraser, has got to get it right because Rangers still have a business model that is reliant upon shareholder loans. They have a lower turnover than Celtic. They have a lower spending power than Celtic. So the replacement has got to get it right in financial terms. Okay, let's leave that there because we're less than 20 minutes away from massive three o'clock kickoffs. Rangers against Livingston, Kelly Hibbs, Hearts Mullerwell, Ross County, St Mirren. We've already had Hamilton Celtic and we'll do our final round the grounds as we build up to the three o'clock games next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. The early kickoff finished Hamilton nil, Celtic 1. James Forrest's goal, the difference. We're building up to Rangers Livingston, Ross County, St Mirren, Kelly Hibbs and Hearts Motherwell. Uh, before we do that, let's take a final visit to Hamilton, to the Fountain of Youth Stadium, and get the, the final thoughts of Chris Commons, who watched that. Chris, you've had a, a bit of time now that the dust has settled. You've heard from Neil Lennon. Um, what are your overall uh, conclusions in today's match? Three points, clean sheet, yep. You know, the boxes are ticked, but performance-wise, and I've said this, particularly the second half, were disappointing from an aspect of the amount of pressure that Hamilton should have been under with the striking power and the players that Celtic have at their disposal. Now, I know Neil Lennon said it was a perfect performance. Now, that is quite a statement. One thing that he will take positives from, as I've just mentioned, is the clean sheet. People seem to have got through the game injury-free on this very, very tricky surface. All attention now will turn to the Europa League game in France on Thursday night and then uh, try and just keep building that momentum, try and keep building the confidence and hopefully keep winning matches. Chris Collins, thank you very much. You can be on your way. Hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Thank you Good man That was Chris Commons Watching Hamilton Against Celtic It's time for us To turn our attentions Fully to this afternoon's Games because There are some crackers Rangers Livingston I'm sure we'll be Filling up now Gordon Because there'll be An expectant crowd uh, At Ibrox Not only that they Can get the business done They'll be hoping To get off to a fast start And and uh, show that They're right up for it After this international break Yeah the the, the place Will be full Gordon Except for a little bit Over in the corner With as many Livy fans As coming along there mate And uh, They'll be here in hope of trying to snatch something which I don't see them getting. But, you know, just watching Rangers in the warm-up there and, you know, they're all together. They're all, you know, urging each other on to say, come on, we need to really come out the box this afternoon. They know it's going to be difficult. They know that Livingston's going to pack the defence and just say to Rangers, come and break us down. So it's up to Rangers to find that space. And uh, with the quality they've got, and obviously the big boost where everybody want Ryan Kent back, all the Rangers supporters, you heard the Rangers manager talking everywhere he went. People were asking him, is Kent coming back? Well, he is back. Can he produce this afternoon? We'll just need to wait and see. Uh, let's go back around the grounds then and build up to the three o'clock games. Uh, Roger Hannah Hearts against Motherwell. Um, we mentioned Craig Levine potentially being under a bit of pressure. I took a quick look at the replies to the Hearts team news on Twitter. Uh, let's just say there are not many that I could read out on a family show on a Saturday afternoon. The Hearts faithful are not impressed with that lineup. They're not impressed with the front two of Stephen McLean and Uchi Piazzu. Yeah, 
I was just actually speaking to a colleague of mine from the Scottish Sun, Robert Martin, who's at the game, and I was asking, where did McLean and Nick Piazzo come from? Because when I was here a fortnight ago, Steve McLean wasn't even in the bench, Gordon. And Uchi Nick Piazzo stayed on the bench for the 90 minutes. Um, Connor Washington led the line that day. He is back in the substitute bench today. Young Aidan Keener's in the substitute bench today as well. But there's no Stephen Naismith anywhere near the squad. And you, you just wonder this Hearts team. You know, you often arrive at Tynecastle, and, and I think the management have just put the names in a hat and drawn out the first eleven because it chops and changes. There's never really a settled system. You wonder where the wind's going to come from on the left-hand side today, where the where the ammunition's going to come from for Piazzo and McLean if they're expected to score the goals. And it wouldn't at all surprise me if Motherwell came here and won the game, the type of form they, they've found again. Uh, so Roger Hanna watching that one between Hearts and Motherwell, we'll keep a keen eye on yeah. on that one because there's a, a lot of scrutiny. On Craig Levine at the moment As uh, there is on Paul Heckingbottom Mark Guidi's watching that And Mark um, It's a, a new era if you like f- For Angelo Alessio I know he came in in the summer But now that's the transfer window done This is this is, this is is it This is the group of players That he's got to go with He has no Greg Taylor anymore He, he replaced him just before uh, He left There's been a bit of Talk over the last couple of weeks About his methods Kirk Broadfoot's come and had a pop At Dom Thomas Defender his manager So um, Now time for Alessio and, and the Kilmarnock players To knuckle down and, and see where they can go from here Yeah I mean I think You're, you're right It's settled down uh, For Kilmarnock You know Getting that one victory At St Johnson But they're now at home In front of their, their own supporters I'll be interested to see uh, The crowd here this afternoon Because certainly under Steve Clark It was you know Averaging in excess of 6,000 so we'll see how the, the Kilmarnock fans respond to Alessio. The goalkeeper settled in well. Del Fabro looked the part in central defence up at the St Johnson. Uh, El McCreaney's fine. Hammerlinen looks an able replacement uh, for Greg Taylor. And there's three or four new ones um, on the bench. But they're certainly, you would imagine, getting a, a team in the Hibernian that I would say would probably be pretty fragile, uh, Gordon. And if there's a chance for Kilmarnock to go on, build some momentum get back to back victories and I think today gives them the ideal opportunity let's hear from Angelo Alessio team are confident are confident uh, of course uh, depends on the good result the good result uh, we, we, we permit us to, to work uh, better and to uh, to improve to improve because uh, it's important for us now to improve uh, our performance uh, as a team, you know, as a team, I saw, I saw the right uh, attitude, the right uh, uh, concentration and motivation. Uh, don't forget, we do have another game today. Not one of our featured matches, but still a huge one in the Premiership: Aberdeen against St Johnston, uh, Stevie May against his old team, Derek McInnes against his old team. I'll quickly give you the team news from that: Joe Lewis and goal, a back four of Viner, Devlin, Considine, and Lee. It's Ojo and Ferguson, the holding midfielders. Then it's McGinn, Bryson, and Hedges. Behind that man they're relying on for the goals Sam Cosgrove uh, As for St Johnson, Xander Clark in goal A back four of uh, Anthony Ralston Of course on loan from Celtic Kerr, Gordon and Tanzer Kennedy, Davidson, Holt and McCann in midfield uh, Stevie May there up front with Michael O'Halloran uh, So St Johnson are bottom Hugh Keevans, they, yeah. they need to come up with something um, they've, they've had some great results at Pataudry over the years um, but again, it it's probably goes down as as one that Aberdeen would be expected to win. They will be expected to win. I think they will win. Uh, but fresh blood in, and uh, Tommy Wright has known success in the past at Pataudry. Uh, I can remember St Johnson sticking a right few goals past Aberdeen one day there. Uh, I'm not suggesting for one moment that'll happen today, 
But Aberdeen will have a a notion that they're in the game. Uh, you know, it won't be a, an easy thing. I think they'll win, but they won't win comfortably. Let's hear from Derek McInnes. Every game presents a different challenge, and you know, obviously, St Johnston have, have recruited pretty well in recent weeks, and um, uh, I think they've uh, they'll be Tommy will be taking a bit of encouragement for the ones he's brought in. Uh, they had a good away performance at Easter Road a couple of weeks ago. And although they lost last time out against Kilmarnock, I think a lot of that performance that he had against Hibs will be what he'll be looking for coming here. You've heard from the managers, you've read the team lines, and now it's time for kickoff. Massive games coming up. The kickoff is next, and we're going back to Ibrox. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to Ibrox, where Gordon DL is here with me, Andrew McLean, as we build up to kickoff between Rangers and Livingston. I'll give you a recap of the teams as they are just about to make their way out of the tunnel. Rangers make four changes from that 2 0 loss to Celtic before the international break. Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara, John Flanagan and Jermaine Defoe drop out. It's Andy Halliday, Shea Ojo, Alfredo Morelos and the returning Ryan Kent who come into the starting lineup. So it's Alan McGregor in goal, a back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Nikola Katic and Andy Halliday. The midfield three, Joe Arrivo, Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield with Shea Ojo and Ryan Kent either side of Alfredo Morelos. As for Livingston, they've made two changes to their side, Lithgow and Suda drop out with Lamy and Jacobs coming in. A 4-5-1 for them. It's Ross Stewart in goal. A back four of Nicky Devlin, Jack McMillan, John Guthrie and Ricky Lamy. The midfield five. Chris Erskine, Keegan Jacobs, Marvin Bartley, Robbie Crawford and Stephen Lawless. With Lyndon Dykes, the lone striker. Don Dale, you look at this Rangers team in comparison to the one that started here against Celtic a couple of weeks ago. And you look at the wide areas and it was Scott Arfield and it was Joe Arrebo who were out there supporting the striker in this one. It's going to be very different with the direct runners of Ryan Kent and Shea Ojo. Yeah, well, they've got natural width, but what you'll find probably is that the two wide men will play in to out and they're comfortable at doing that. Against Celtic, it did not work. And they will need width this afternoon because Livingston will just get everyone behind the ball. They're very well organised. I know that I said earlier, speaking to Gary Holt downstairs, he has got problems. Some of his players never trained until yesterday. He's missing his captain at the back. One or two influential players that he's missing today. But they will be well organised and they will work as hard as they possibly can. And I'll be up to Rangers to break them down. You think Alfredo Morelos maybe thinks that he has a point to prove because he was left out of the starting lineup for the Celtic game. I'm sure he'll have been very disappointed at that. Stephen Gerrard said it was because he'd played on the Thursday and, and he wanted to switch it to the four for, for freshness for the Sunday. But do you think maybe in the back of his mind he's thinking, right, I need to go out here and show that you know I am the man well, for he, he is the number, For me, he is the number one striker. And I don't buy that uh, nonsense that Stephen Gerrard said. Sorry about that. that you know, he looked a bit tired. If he can't play a Thursday night and then play in a Celtic Rangers game, Rangers Celtic game on the, the Sunday, then there's something seriously wrong with his fitness. Uh, and plus the fact that adrenaline takes you through. I think he'll be looking to get goals today. I think he'll be looking for, you know, like say Ryan Kent, Davis is in there, a terrific footballer, good passer of the ball to create chances. And he's looking to go at the end of things. Yeah, he wants to make a statement. He wants to say, I want to play every week. Defoe will be waiting the sideline. Livingston did cause Rangers problems last season, but it was always at the Tony Macaroni Arena, not here. Can you see them getting anything from this today? No, no I think this is a big ass. I think this is what you call in football for Livingston a free hit. Nobody expects them to get anything. Even the small band of Livingston fans come along uh, the M8 today to support their team. And I think if Gary Holt 
gets a good performance and not losing too many goals. I've, I expect Rangers to score about four this afternoon, Andrew, and I'm not being disrespectful. It's just the circumstances that Livingston find themselves under. Kent coming back in, there's an excitement about the fans, and obviously that disappointing result against Celtic two weeks ago, so they have to bounce back. Well, it's Armed Forces Day here at Ibrox as well. A couple of troops have abseiled down the Sandy Garden stand to deliver the ball to Willie Collum. And we are just about to kick off here between Rangers and Livingston. It's Clyde One, Super Scoreboards Open Line. 0141 951 1025. Hugh Keevans, Craig Beatty, Alex Ray and Gordon DL are here to take your calls We have one more full-time report It comes from Tynecastle Roger, Hannah, how bad is it getting for Craig Levine? Yeah, Hearts 2, Motherwell 3 There's more turmoil at Tynecastle tonight It's another low for Levine Because Hearts have crashed to the bottom of the Premiership table tonight It was a deserved win for Motherwell They were on top from start to finish They took the lead after 20 minutes Declan Gallagher had an effort tipped over the bar by Colin Doyle From the corner, Billy and Polworth swung in from the right Gallagher unchallenged, free header in the six-yard box And he boomed it home for his first goal for the club how it was in more than that in the first half it, it, it's really down to the Hearts goalkeeper Colin Doyle first of all there was a, a shot from Liam Polworth just off target then Doyle a terrific save from Devante Cole Liam Donnelly he hit the bar before half time Doyle in another save from Polworth after he had been played in by James Scott and then Motherwell just picked up where they left off at the start of the second half and what a stunning goal for 2-0 after 52 minutes the ball lost in the middle of the park by Uciek Piazu Sherwin Sadoff picked it up strode forward 25 yards out and he's just cracked one in off the underside of the bar a terrific goal Hearts looked dead and buried at that stage he sent on young Rio Taro Machina the Japanese winger he had a shot parried by Mark Gillespie and Nick Piazu scored for 2-1 after 61 minutes but just 5 minutes later Motherwell went up the park and scored again Jermaine Hilton who had come on for the injured Sadoff he got the ball on the left hand side of the box Doyle came out he just turned inside him and fired it home from an angle hearts of all sorts of problems injury problems no Naismith today still no suitor players like that and they were down to 10 men when Connor Washington who had come on as a sub he limped off they did get one back after 86 minutes Machino curling in his first goal for hearts from the edge of the box but, but Motherwell could have scored more Chris Doyle uh, Doyle making a save from Chris Long I should say when he burst into the box in injury time no league win for Hearts since the month of March if you take in the end of last season three points from 36 in the league they're bottom of the table tonight Mother will go third by the way don't forget how well they've done but Hearts are bottom ahead of this derby next Sunday at Easter Road that will not be one for the faint-hearted as for the super scoreboard man of the match Gordon I could have given it to any of the Motherwell midfield Polworth outstanding Donnelly outstanding Campbell outstanding but I think for his performance and especially for his goal it would have to be Sherwin Sadoff Great stuff Roger Hanna will go and get the thoughts of Craig Levine and it will be interesting to hear what he has to say loses again at home to Motherwell this time and the pressure seems to be mounting yeah, it's mounting. Um, you know, Roger has detailed, outlined a case for not keeping Craig Levine in that job. You know, we're not in the business of standing here trying to get people to sack. However, you are entitled to look at a major football club who have tonight fallen to the bottom of the Premiership table, who have not won a game for six months, and you have to say honestly. That can't go on We're going to hear from As many managers As we possibly can And we want to hear from you What did you make Of your team's performance today What was good What was bad What could have been better um, Anything else Any talking points That might have come up You share them with us Gordon DL is here Hugh Evans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray Let's get stuck in Chris is first up He's a Rangers fan In Dumbarton What did you make of it today Chris? Hey, hi guys um, The only thing I can say About the response today is Disjointed and lackluster, particularly the first half. 
Um, I don't know whether it's a bit of a hangover from the international break, whether you know there's a couple of changes in personnel, a couple of guys moved out position, but it just seems so disjointed. Um, Ojo in particular at times looked kind of lost, didn't really know as if he knew his role. Um, and I think the only thing I can say is obviously we'll get three points out of it. Um, and we've avoided a bit of a, a double disappointment because Ryan Kent's injury um, is an absolute nightmare. I don't know if you guys have seen um, the reaction in the studio, but it didn't look good. Um, he looked visibly upset, so I, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but it looks like a major blow for us. Uh, Gordon Dale, you're our man at Ibrooks this afternoon. Uh, Chris is saying the three points were good, but, but not much else was. Um, I, I thought the first half, I think he sums it up perfectly well. It was sloppy. Uh, they created a couple of chances. Arfield hit the bar. Morelos really should have scored. But you've got to give credit to Livingston. They, they came with a game plan. They sat in. They made it very difficult for Rangers. Didn't give them a lot of space. And it was really the, the penalty kick that really gave Rangers and Stephen Gerrard's team the wake-up call that they were looking for. Uh, the minute they get back into 1-1, then they looked, you know, they're only going to be one winner. And the most important thing today, and as we said, yes, a performance after this, the disappointment of the Celtic game. They're playing Livingston. I fancied them to score goals. They scored three. Uh, it was all about the three points, especially what happened this afternoon with Celtic going to Hamilton and getting picked up three points. They couldn't afford to drop anything. And they achieved that, but I think the caller's right. I'm interested to hear what Stephen Gerrard's got to say about Ryan Kent because he really mm. looked like he knew that he'd done something serious. I uh, hope it's not. Chris, if you're in, if you're looking for a, a sort of silver lining, I mean, you obviously don't want to be without Ryan Kent, but but Brandon Barker comes on and scores. That must have pleased you. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him come on, uh, get the goal, and, and obviously kind of dig out the, the the three points in the end. Um, I think it's one of these games that last year we again we, we might have ended up dropping points um, because it's you know what teams are like they, they will sit in and defend will come with a game plan you know it's all credit to Livingston as Gordon said there but the the silver line is Brandon Barker's come on um, been a good performance um, and we have managed to grind the result out in the end. I think that's a key thing for me, Gordon, because you're talking about it, obviously these guys are at a game they're saying it's lackluster but we're all standing here just at the turn of the the, the break the half time break one 0 to a lawless penalty and I think how do they respond oh. have they got what it takes because in times gone by they would never have got back in that game Gordon you know they'd have huffed and puffed uh, and, and I think the key thing there is Brandon Barker's come on and took his opportunity how did he look Gordon? Um, yeah he's the one thing he's blessed with is bags of pace uh, I've got to say I think that his goal will give him so much confidence uh, it was a terrific goal you've got to say because when the ball came to him he just took a touch to his right and he actually fired into the roof of the net it was a terrific goal for him um, he may be a big player in the next few weeks if Ken is a long term injury obviously Jordan Jones is, is missing as well uh, so he may have a big part to play but he certainly um, after his goal he looked like all the pressure in the world had went off his shoulders you know what like it is coming on for your debut you want to impress and uh, I think he'll be a decent player for Rangers and whilst we're analysing the wide players Chris says in his mind that, that Ojo looked lost did you go along with that? Uh, first half yeah um, I, I, the balance I thought Arfield looked a little bit I know he's played there many times I do I do understand that but I think now that he's a better forward player I think his runs are better didn't really influence the game today Arfield Ojo I thought second half uh, was a lot better started cutting on his left foot caused uh, a few problems but uh, I think the Rangers manager will just be delighted at the fact they've got three points Final word to you Chris yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with what Gordon said there. Um, from my point of view, I just hope that that's our, 
are taking their opportunity to shake off a bit of kind of rustiness after the break and that we're, we're going to be right up for it uh, again on Thursday night OK thank you very much that was Chris and Dumbarton it's 0141 to join them Hearts fans where are you? I think I know where they are Hugh they're okay. protesting outside Tynecastle 250 of them chance of sack the board calls for Craig Levine to resign oh after the 3-2 home defeat against Motherwell they're all gathered outside that lovely new main stand well, uh, which is a, a sort of Irony to it that that's that's the, yeah. the great success, if you like, of Anne Budge. She's now been questioned on her manager. Well, you're going to be flippant and say, "Where are they? They're up in the Tynecastle Arms, drowning their sorrows." Not yet. However, not. however, they they that's more serious. When they gather at the yes. door, when they gather at the door, you're sunk. Big Craig said something earlier on. He says normally when you're kind of battling the the manager, but as soon as it starts turning towards the board and they start getting questioned. That's usually when boards panic and they pull the trigger. And Budge won't panic because the she's too smart. Uh, she's a self-made lady uh, who had enough money to, to buy hearts. But people must be speaking to her. And she must understand that when they gather at the door, the customers, as I referred to earlier, when the customers say, we're not happy, no business survives without customers. When it's not going well, the, the fans are not interested in nice new stands. See, when it's going well, it's lovely to go and sit in a new stand and you go and you know, have a refreshment in the lounge before it. They're not interested in how their youth academy setup is unless they're bringing player after player and making millions of pounds. Fans just want instant results. They want results on the park, week in, week out, and no wins in six months and three points from what a possible 36, unfortunately, gets you sacked. Hearts fans, let's hear from you. Is this the end of the road for Craig Levine or does he still have some life left in him? You decide. 01419511025. Sean is a Celtic fan in Greenock. Hi, Sean. Hi there, how you doing? I'm not bad, Sean. How are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Uh, it's just a point today, just about the, the Celtic game. I managed to, to sneak away from work today to catch uh, some of the second half. Um, just similar to what the Rangers fan just said there, um, I, th- I think Celtic were a bit similar to the way they kind of kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half. Um, I did manage to see the goal from Edward, a lovely touch um, on the, um, for, for Forrest to score the goal, but I just thought the second half was um, just a little bit, just a little bit kind of lacklustre. Um, just wanted to see what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, they were laboured. Celtic and Rangers have gone through the same scenario today. Uh, Celtic had a good first half Laboured in the second half Rangers laboured in the first half Scored three goals in the second half Rangers lost Ryan Kent to injury Celtic have a worry over Christopher Julien With regard to Wren and the Europa League Because he went off with a large lump on the side of his head uh, And clearly took a, a whack to the head At a time when Simonovic can't play in defence because of injury And Nier Beaton can't play in defence because of injury uh, So it's a worry for Celtic It's a worry for Rangers where Ryan Kent is concerned The only positive for Celtic and Rangers They both won And at the end of a day when they've both been laboured That's all that matters I'm yeah, seeing a similar reaction here Chris was a Rangers fan first up Sean's a Celtic fan And, yep. and it's, it's kind of similar It's happy with the three points But maybe not so happy with elements within that Yeah and the thing is, is As a supporter you're entitled to Want to see your team free flowing You want to see all the kind of Intricate movement Passing great goals and things But it's not always going to be like that Gordon But time after time we see it 
Throughout the course of a season You're going to have to Grind out results You don't have to play Pretty all the time And it's about winning When it matters And, and both of them Have done that today What was the, the Sort of positive Sean I mean who stood out In a good sense for you uh, Forrest definitely um, I think obviously with the international um, games going on, I thought um, thought he did a really good game today. Obviously scored the goal, um, but it's, it's it's going to be a kind of worry over the next coming weeks. And obviously um, with the injuries, Ryan Kent and Julian has stated that um, just with with the, with the Scotland games being played, hopefully there's a lot of healthy rotation. Everybody manages to stay to stay injury free. Is the kind of big thing for Sean, me. Sean, Sean talks about a really important point there, Gordon, because see, when you look at James Forrest's contribution this season, they talk about the key players Edward, Mikey Johnson, Christie, you know, the, and we're talking about over a long period of time. The amount of important goals that James Forrest gets for Celtics, phenomenal. Seven goals in his last nine games for them, uh, you know, and I, I actually think there's more to come as well because, you know, there's times that he's in now, he's not having the same impact in terms of for a long period of time, but in terms of goals and impact, it's remarkable. And Craig, the thing that they don't, well, you can't measure really, um, or they, they don't measure when it comes to this stat, is the importance of those goals. Now, that's a winner against Hamilton. It was a winner against them, Fernland. It was the, the goal that really got them back in front against Motherwell. There's another one they in there as well. Kluge over I just there, can't remember. The equaliser against Cluj, the away goal, granted, in the end, that, that didn't turn out to be. Um, is important. The opener against AIK at home, the goal that seals that. So. Yes, you can always rhyme off how many goals players have scored, but what sometimes gets overlooked is how important is those goals the, are. The importance of them, yeah. And I think that that's where James Forrest has continually answered questions that, that have been asked. He's he stepped up with big goals. He's, he showed that he can handle the pressure. He's, he's there with hundreds of appearances, countless medals, and and he continues to um, he can continues to to come Five, up with the yeah. goods. Yeah, Sean, a debut for El Yunusi. That was the, the the talking point before the game. What, what did we see of him? Yeah, I thought he, he fitted in really well, obviously, with um, Johnson being out. Um, yeah, I was very happy with it. Um, nothing nothing to kind of write home about, but at the end of the day, he's obviously he's playing for uh, one of the top clubs, So, and I thought, yeah, I thought he did a really good game today. Yeah. I, want, I want to see him on grass rather than concrete flooring. I've told you this He played <laughs> for Mulder Who had an AstroTurf yeah, pitch that's, not played there for That's where he, ma- that's where he made his name That's where he made his name And got the move Let's ditch this stuff About the pitch He's, he's been off the surface For a year and a half but to, Or a year and a bit so. so to go back on It is a change from, from what you're used to From the standard That he's been okay. used to Down in English Premier League The training ground That he has Lennox Town To go back onto the to the AstroTurf in a competitive match listen we've ticked that box he's, he's set up the goal we've ticked that box he's got some minutes under his under his belt today he's ticked that box as well and he's certainly going to be one to watch here's what Neil Lennon made of it it's a case of three points very good performance in difficult conditions um, five wins out of five which we've not done for a long time at the start of the season clean sheet so it's a third out of five so we are playing very very well only you know Tinge of regret is we didn't score more. You know, James he's hit the bar. James had a fantastic game, and you could see with the pitch drying up with the wind, it you know it slowed the pitch right down. And we have to give credit to Hamilton who, you know, set their stall out to be difficult to beat. So in terms of being maybe a spectacle, it takes two teams to make a game, but we did all the running and there was no anxiety out there today at all. Head over to our Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You can see the video um, of the Hearts fans outside Tynecastle. Um, fairly. 
unsavoury scene. I mean, not, nothing over the top. Don't let don't yeah. let me uh, misrepresent it. But the police officers and stewards are having to sort of push fans away from the front door. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a bit of an aggression there to the to the, the disappointment. So Hearts fans are not taking this well. Let's mm. hear from you on the phones. When they gather at the door, it's the beginning of the end. You know that there's no way of sugarcoating this. The stats are horrendous. Hearts are bottom of the league. Uh, if Hibs were to win at Easter Road It would be official He couldn't possibly come back from it His only hope, Craig Levine Is to go to Easter Road And have a thoroughly convincing win Which will buy him time Yeah, This is a group of fans here That have backed the club to the hilt Since, since they were yeah. in serious, yeah. serious trouble You know, with, with the foundation that you mentioned They've also backed Anne Budge Although she's come up with the money They've, they've worked together in, in recent times To try and achieve some sort of success um, but you're right When they gather at the door It's time up Well we will hear from Craig Levine I hope Before the end of the show And Stephen Robinson Robert is in Kilsyth As a Rangers fan Robert What's going through your head After today's game? What's going um, I'm back worried I'm a uh, Rangers fan And uh, last year Stephen Gerrard Was quite uh, quick To change uh, tactics Out the team When he was misperforming He was underperforming What's annoying me Is goals in the last few, last few games Has been horrendous for me uh, and no fun game Edward Boss the two but uh, and Olsen and yet again today we're lucky uh, after after the penalty I think uh, Livingston scored, uh, scored a goal and he got chopped off uh, because there was a big centre hat a big striker he was holding the ball up and the exact same as all fun game we've got a three and a half million pound stri- uh, defender what's going on with him why is he not changing it uh, uh, go- it's quite worrying let's raise that one with Gordon Dale you watched it today Gordon Golton was he a concern um, I don't think he had his best game. Um, to be fair, um, Livingston at the the post from a corner kick. Um, it was Dykes that got the header, a free header, and I could have put Livingston back in, in into the lead. I don't. I don't. I said last year, Gordon, uh, that I don't think that Rangers could win the league with the two centre halves that they had, and you know, Goldstone and Cattage. I don't think they're strong enough, especially when it comes up against. You know, physical strikers that are prepared to put their cell about. That's why Stephen Gerrard went out and made an investment in the summer of three million. Obviously, brought Edmondson in as well from Oldham. So he just seems to prefer these two at this moment in time. Um, Goldston, the, the Rangers fans, I, I could hear a few of them behind me getting on his back a little bit. He, he looks a bit slack at times. Uh, Cattage is a young boy that's learning. He has get better. There's no doubt in that. But I just think that uh, if you bring in a three million pound defender, why is he sitting mm. on the bench? Let me ask Robert then, Robert. Which one deserves the chance? Is it Hillander with the, the price tag, or is it actually George Edmondson? Who would you prefer to see come in? They can't go and spend three and a half million on a centre half, uh, not even be on the bench. I don't think he was on the bench today. Not even get. He was, uh, yeah, he was on the bench. Yeah. Uh, so about on the bench. Why, why not change it then? The guy, the guy he's, he's a big physical defender. He's not scared to put his head on top of the ball. And at hand in the Celtic game, Edward just bossed the two of them. And you can see in the game, the two of them are actually arguing with each other uh, at a point uh, because one ball went through and nobody meant met it. And the header for the corner, uh, it's quite it's quite worrying. That, uh, that's really worrying for me. Alex, there was, yeah, there was a perception early on, Alex, yes. that it would be Goldson and someone. And now, actually, people are 
suggesting that Goldson is, is the weak link of the two yeah. And not everyone obviously But, but Robertson, Gordon can kind of see where he was, he's coming from What are your own thoughts on it? Uh, my early thoughts Gordon were that Up until the Celtic game I felt as if uh, Katic and Goldson were pretty formidable They looked as if they were the mainstay uh, I think if you take the Celtic game in isolation You could pretty much say Both of them got it wrong on the day The bad pass the, uh, goals, uh, Katic trying to step up uh, and he's gone with him again today And I think if you just step back over the piece I think the two of them have been pretty reliable I think they've conceded as a, as a team Five goals so far Which is two um, Two less uh, Two more, sorry, than than, than Celtic So it's not the worst uh, But Stephen Gerrard will be trying to kind of nullify it You can't legislate for somebody Putting in a tackle uh, You know, it's, it's not ultimately Resulted in Katic or Golson uh, for that goal today Gordon So you know People maybe I, I don't know if he's, he's just coming on And criticising the two of them Because it's You know But in general yeah, but There's got to be today, more to it Than just about You know the goal People are going to Take the overall 90 minutes Aren't they And the, yeah. the sort of feeling you get As to how reliable The defenders are Not just that That one moment for the yeah, goal Yeah listen I wasn't at the game today But in terms of The overall Kind of piece of the, the games that I have mm. seen they've, they've been pretty solid Robert and Closeith Thank you very much For the call It's 01419511025 And we're going to start Getting reaction From Tyne Castle next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been Foul play Talk to Tom Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie, Alex Ray and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're asking you to react to your team's performance this afternoon Celtic and Rangers fans seem to be saying the same things They were happy with the three points They think the performance could have been better We've not got any Hearts fans through just yet I'm assuming they're still outside protesting against Craig Levine Um, The Hibs fans, maybe not Quite as much But they lost again To Kilmarnock uh, And St Mirren Beaten in the Highlands as well So lots to get through On the phones Let's hear from you 01419511025 We're going to hear from The managers as well Let's speak to Gary and Blantyre first Hi Gary Hi uh, Gordon How are you? How Good you? thanks Gary What's on your mind tonight? I just want to pick uh, Alex Ray up My wee point They made earlier on Sure About uh, I think he mentioned about Morelos being the best striker in Scotland. No goal no, scorer, no, he scorer, said. Gary. Best goal scorer. Yeah. Okay. Um, who does he score goals against? He scores goals against the wee teams, the smaller teams. Look at his record in the old term games against um, Ed Barr's record. Yes. Can I compare it? Well, you can compare it because it actually goes across the board. It's not that I, I wasn't saying he's the best goal scorer in an old firm game. I'm saying the best goal scorer in Scotland, which results in. The most goals over that period of the season So I think if you look back It's fair to say Morelos is the number one uh, Over the period that really? he's been No he is, yeah Without yeah. a shadow of a doubt Well he's not saying he's a better player Gary He's just saying better goal scorer I.e. scored more goals And played a lot more games than Edward as well mm, Has he? You got the stats to I'd hand? Say, I'd, say, I'd say goals to games ratio Probably Edward maybe it. Well let's just put it this season In isolation Gary How many games has okay. Edward played this year And many goals he scored I think he's got 10 10 goals 10 league goals is it I think, he's goals got, this I, I think Edward's got 6 goals this season I think Morelos has got about 11 But league goals Edward oh, Are we only six. talking about league goals now We've not got these other competitions well, You keep talking about treble trebles and all that But they, they don't count when it suits Who mentioned, well, who mentioned treble treble Who mentioned that 
Everybody, every Celtic fan I know that we're talking about it. I never mentioned anything about treble treble. You mentioned treble treble. Yeah, and that's where you you get half Celtic fans. Well, I'll tell you the stats then, since we want them. uh, Odson Edward has got, we'll do all competitions, it's a lot easier. He's got six goals in 12 appearances this season, Hmm. Odson Edward. And Alfredo Morelos has got 11. 11 in 13. Gary. So, how how many has Morelos got against Celtic? Well, none, obviously. None, none. Right, because he scores goals against the big teams. Balls against the big teams are Celtic. But, but you're right, Gary. I, I, I don't feel like we're arguing. If Alex Ray had said Morelos is the best scorer in Old Firm derbies, then, then he would be wrong and you would be right. He's just saying he's the best goal scorer because he's scored more goals. I don't think there's much, really much more to it. Okay, can I ask Alex a question? Sure. Alex, if you've got a choice. Lone striker Is it Morelos Or is it Edward Now that's a better question yeah, Now well, we've got is, an interesting depends, Debate depends, on our hands Well the thing is, is yeah, I would possibly I would go for Morelos Purely because he gets more goals Really? Well right, the, okay. you've asked the question okay. And I'll tell you the reason why Do you he's a better player Than, than, than Edward all round. all round I don't really want to get into this This debate will last us till midnight But yeah. I'm interested to there hear What you have to there say There is another I, dimension to it I mean uh, Who will go for more money? Edward Edward will go for In excess of 20 million one day Morelos won't Okay listen I'm sure we'll get back to that debate Many times this season So let's let's be honest But thank you Gary I like that question Uh, That was Gary and Blantyre 01419511025 Still no sign of Craig Levine Um, Maybe he's Reading the riot act I don't know But um, he's, He's nowhere to be seen at the moment Well I remember waiting Wembley Stadium one night on Kevin Keegan when he was the England manager and we waited and waited and waited and I said to a colleague of mine down from Scotland with me I don't think he's coming because he chucked it and sure enough the message came through he's given up the job Uh, I'm not saying that that's what Craig Levine's doing right now he's either tearing strips off his players in the dressing room or in a conversation with Anne Budge but when they're at the door He can hear them mm. At the door uh, Gordon DL The the Stephen Gerrard Interview is somewhere In the ether Making its way Towards us What he did say though Is that Ryan Kent Has a hamstring injury And will be missing for At least a few weeks uh, Yeah Not surprised Because you could tell By a player's reaction Usually the The old cliche Is the one that You know They put the hand down To, to point to the hamstring To say You know I've pulled my hamstring But he never seemed to, that's why we couldn't really guess Gordon because he just walked off but you could tell it was serious you could tell he was disappointed because he was he was sort of getting a bit emotional he was wiping the sort of his face a little bit I think maybe a couple of tears he was so desperate to come back here he was so, so desperate to do well and unfortunately he couldn't even last the 45 minutes because of a hamstring but the one thing they'll get good treatment on him get him rehabbed and get him back here playing and uh, I'm sure all Rangers fans will be looking forward to seeing him again and that is uh, football in a nutshell Gordon because people were looking at the options Rangers had wide and saying they've got too many how do they fit them all in well for at least say the next month and longer in Jordan Jones case they won't have Kent or Jones to choose from so things can can change pretty quickly with injuries yeah certainly Uh, but they've still got options that they can play up front you know Barker come on uh, got his goal Looks, uh, looks a handful uh, bags and bags of pace Ojo can play wide you know our field goes in a forward position as well so he's 
the Rangers manager's got a big squad. It is disappointing that obviously he paid a lot of money to bring Kent back, and his first game he does his hamstring. But uh, you know, it's, it's a lot different now, Gordon. In days gone by, your hamstring you were out for for months at times trying to get back. But uh, sports science guys get you back very quickly now, so um, I'm sure he'll be back um, as quickly as he possibly can and playing a big part for Rangers. Craig is a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard very soon. What did you make of it today, Craig? Hi, gents, how's doing? Um, yeah, well, just firstly, before I move a point, I have to slightly correct that last Celtic fan you had on because a fair many of us does not just score against wee teams unless he's suggesting that we get a Warsaw in the Europa League is that's just a wee team and a goal that doesn't mean anything. Um, and I also don't buy what Hugh Keevens is saying that somehow Morelos isn't going to go for £20 million, but Edward is going to go for an excess of that. But anyway, that's another debate. Um, for me, today isn't good enough because, yes, three points, that's fine, that's what was needed. But the fact is, after that performance against Celtic and that defeat to Celtic, to come out today, that was not the reaction that any Rangers fans were looking for. You go 1 0 down against Livingston, giving away a stupid penalty. And then after the penalty, and just before Rangers had scored as well, Livingston's tails went up a little bit for a couple of minutes, and they had one or two half chances and shots on target at Alan McGregor as well. And for me, that you know, it didn't look like a a Rangers performance at Ibrox. It just looked like a very lackluster <clears throat> sort of away performance. And I think the frustration for me is more the fact that. You look at the, the four games we've played in the league this season now, and every one of the, those games, bar one, which is the game against Hibs where we won 6-1, it's, been, it's not been great Rangers performances that's won it. It's been scrappy. It's been days like today where, you know, I we eventually find a way to win, but it's not really been the kind of performance we're looking for. And that's a concern for me because, you know, Celtic are not going out week on, week out against whoever they're playing and putting in those performances. And so far, other than the Hibs game, I've yet to see a really standout Rangers performance. And that's a concern because we're trying to catch Celtic and try to win trophies. And we can't do that with performances like that. We just can't. It's just simply for me, three points or not, that isn't good enough. Yeah, in, t- in terms of the performance, Craig, we weren't we weren't there. We didn't actually kind of see the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, well, Gordon's I, 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 I take your point in, in what you're saying. Um, now you said a typical Rangers performance at Ibrox. Now their last one wasn't particularly good against Celtic. Then you've got the international break, so that might create a little bit of a, a kind of lingering hangover throughout the international break. You come back into the first game, and everybody just expects this automatic reaction because you've lost your previous game. Now, maybe the hangover lasted into the, the first 45-50 minutes of the match today, but if you draw a line under, under that after sort of 50 minutes, if, if I was a Rangers fan, I would be delighted with the reaction beyond the 50-minute mark after going to go behind to then come back and win the game comfortably. I would be, t- I would be looking to take positives out of that as opposed to, to, to dwelling on the negatives. I get what you're saying about it not being overly convincing. Listen, Neil Lennon took over at Celtic last year and, and needed three or four 90-plus minute winners to, to, to go over the line really um, So I understand what you're saying Everybody wants attractive free-flowing football With lots of goals It doesn't always happen And, and Rangers and Celtic We expect that 
you know, we're just going to go over it and, and give teams a right going over. But we need to be more respectful to the other teams who are actually not too bad in, in trying to make it difficult for us. It's not to, to be fair, it's not to disrespect Livingston. I just think that there isn't many circumstances, um, and it goes for both Rangers and Celtic, where at Celtic Park or at Ibrox, that, you know, Rangers or Celtic should ever find themselves behind to sides like that. There isn't, you know, obviously football's funny game and anybody can beat anybody in any given day I'm not saying that and Livingston certainly have proven to be a tricky opponent not just for Rangers but for other teams in the league but when you're at Ibrox against a team like Livingston you shouldn't be particularly when after the first half Rangers had 70% possession there's no way Livingston should be in a position where Rangers are going to give away a stupid penalty in the first place and again it's, it's, it's a defensive Freeway for Rangers that that penalty was even given away. This is is a Livingston team that's got eight points so far in the league. This team are no mugs, so they're then going to come up to Ibrox. They're going to set up shop. They're going to try and make it difficult for 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 Rangers to break them down. Livingston have been doing really well so far this season, and they they did do for the best part of fifty minutes today. Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard, shall we? What did he make of it? Um, Well, first and foremost, it was a game we expected. We expected Livingston to come, big physical team, be organised, difficult to break down. Um, I think you know we were the team in the first half trying to find the breakthrough. I think we created a few decent half chances. We had the crossbar, um, but you hope one of them opportunities goes in, and then the game completely changes. Um, so at half time, I put it on a few. I put it on a few of my match winners and said, "Come on, we've got 45 minutes to, to win a game. That's your challenge." Unfortunately, we took another setback. Um, so having not got the early goal and conceding the penalty, the challenge become even more difficult and complicated but I think that provoked us into our best I think from the from going a goal down I thought we were excellent and we looked really dangerous could have scored a few more um, but over the course of the 90 minutes we, we, we certainly deserved to win but we weren't at our best Stephen Gerrard there Gordon Diel saying he put it on a few of his match winners at, at half time gave them the, the kick up the backside as if to say right, what are you going to create for us well, I don't think it was Stephen Gerrard's team talk that half-time that actually turned the game round. I think it was the fact that Livingston scored and Rangers knew that now they have to go and play, they have to go and get the goals, they have to go and win the game because it was important. I understand what uh, Craig was saying there about the performance. It wasn't the greatest performance, but you know, after, I'm, I'm going to cut them a bit of slack. Livingston came here, they put everybody behind the ball, they made it very difficult for Rangers. And, um, you know, they get caught cold in the second half, Rangers, two minutes in. Stephen Davis, don't know why he's trying to tackle in the box, gives away a penalty. Livingston get it, and all of a sudden you see a little bit of confidence in Livingston, because Craig's right, they created a couple of uh, half chances. And if they would score another one, they'd have been real trouble. But after Tavernier puts it in from the free kick, then there's only got to be one winner. Uh, Rangers created a few chances this afternoon. But, you know, it's after the, the, the international games, they were a bit rusty they were looking for probably a good performance, lots of goals, Kent back, the excitement, it just didn't happen, but the most important thing I think, at 5 o'clock for Rangers was the 3 points. Craig and Cumbernauld thanks as always for the call, we're going to take more of your calls and hear from more managers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, they play to win every time, talk to thompsons.com
Alex Ray, Craig Beatty, Hugh Evans, Gordon DL, all waiting to take your call on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We have still no word from Craig Levine. Wow. Uh, maybe he's raiding the riot act and hasn't came to face the media yet. Maybe, oh, he's on his way. There we go. He is on his way. Uh, we've got Hearts fan on the line. Let's hear from the man who rubbed salt into the wounds today, or, or helped do it. That was Stephen Robinson, Mullerwell winning three two. Yeah, I enjoy winning football matches. Um, like to come to a place like this here. You know, superb stadium, atmosphere incredible at times, and you know, on a very good squad we played against. Um, I think we should have won by more. We had a lot of chances that we didn't take, and we made life very difficult for ourselves at the end. You know, a team of hearts quality is always going to come back into the game, but we had Devontae Cole went through brilliant save from the goalkeeper. I have to say, you know, Liam Polworth went through one v one with a simple square pass. Chris Long went through, and we hit the crossbar. So. To come to Tynecastle and, and create that amount of chances was fantastic um, and I still think there's parts of our game that can be better so that's a, a real pleasing aspect for me We know uh, Hearts are going to get criticised Alex that's just what happens um, yes. but you have to give credit as well to, to what Absolutely. Motherwell are doing at the moment Yeah they're up to third Gordon and when you think about the transition Turnbull being injured as well uh, their key player and uh, they just continue to do it Gordon and, and I think the introduction of the two wingers Seedolf and who's the other boy? That Hilton on? Hilton uh, you look at these two guys and you think, right, okay, very good recruitment, pace. Uh, but I think overall, and I think he was right when you listen to the, the match report, it could have been a few more goals. Gordon DL, things have been looking up since you get that new mother strip for this yes. season. I don't know if it's a, is it a lucky omen or something. I'm the lucky charm, Gordon. Yeah. I'm the lucky charm. We're up to third. I've got us in the top six this season anyway, so I'm very confident. We could be challenging. Let's hear from Craig Levine, shall we? It was a hell of a frustrating afternoon, as you could imagine. Um, you know, scored two goals again at home and uh, last time we got a point which I wasn't happy with and this time we didn't get any points which I'm even less happy with. Um, the, the goals that we've conceded today were, were gifts, you know. Um, a set piece, a free header, uh, a square pass across that was played right to one of their players, put them through and a mix up between you know, Sean and, and Colin Doyle, which for me are goals that you need to work really hard to uh, to get, and uh, so that that makes it a really frustrating afternoon. And hopefully, hear a bit more from Craig Levine in terms of the meaty stuff about what it, what it means bigger picture. That was his thoughts on the performance. Kenny is a Hearts fan in the line. Is his time up, Kenny? I definitely. I, I afternoon, guys. Gordon, be gentlemen. Uh, no, I, I think it's time for him to go. I, I, it's just, it's just not working. Something's not right there at all. I was saying that to the to Andy. Uh, I was going to say, to Alec, have you ever seen a team that have got so many good players but just cannot kick a ball to each other and everything's going wrong? I think one of the key things, Kenny, this season, and I think Craig Levine just touched upon it, is that you're conceding too many goals. Uh, the times that I have seen Big Berra, who has been a stalwart, you know, he's been a model professional throughout his career. It looks as if this is a bridge too far. You look at Halkett. Coming into the mix as well You know you're talking about Getting into the Scotland squad But you know When you look at The goals you're conceding And You're not really scoring A lot of goals I know you scored a couple today But over the piece uh, You know you look at your striker Ick who scored one I think Washington scored a penalty There's just not enough goals We Naismiths know they're One of your best defenders And suitors out So there's a lot of things mm. going against you there, Kenny. I mean, Gordon DL, uh, Roger Hannah's telling us that you know the police and the stewards are still guarding the the, the door at Tyne Castle. Um, if you, you're working there and you've been interviewing, you've you've had to leave via another door because the protesters still sort of blocking the way outside. When that sort of stuff starts to happen, you don't usually get much time after that, do you? 
No, and as a manager, what you do is you start questioning yourself, Corner. Uh, Craig Levine will be very low just now. He'll go home tonight, he won't have the best nights. He'll sit there, he'll be thinking about everything that's going on. And he's got to be honest with himself to, you know, ask the question, can he get out of this? Can he get hearts up the table? Can he start turning results around? Can he start turning the hearts fans around? Uh, that is a big question. I think Craig Levine's an experienced enough manager to know when it's time that you know it ain't working anymore. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming uh, days. The manager of Motherwell watched his side score three times at Tynecastle. He then came in and said we should have won by more. Craig Levine comes in and says it's been a frustrating afternoon. That's not the word. A horrendous afternoon. A miserable afternoon, a disastrous afternoon, but frustrating doesn't begin to cover it. Not for Kenny and not for any of the Hearts fans. I think the discussions that go on behind the scenes here will be completely different to what's actually portrayed in the press. Uh-huh. No, I, I think even perhaps Neil earlier on today, he said it was a very good performance for Celtic. I don't think he'll have had that conversation with his players. Um, so I think what Craig said to us, I think will be different from, from what he's saying to his players there today and you know, they're, they're, they're banging trouble hearts. Uh, just just a, a very quick side note, the, the, the Scotland debacle just continues to, to, to baffle everyone, I think. I noticed that Scott McTominay was trending on Twitter, so I clicked on it to see why absolute rave reviews for the way he controlled the game for Man United today, consistently. And Kenny McLean has just opened the scoring against Man City as Go well. On, so our players are doing it at club level. I don't know what's happening at international level. Kenny, the other Kenny, Kenny Neardry, stay on the line. Here's a bit more from Craig Levine talking about the, f- the fans and, and his job. It's just part of the job, you know. And, and uh, as I've spoken about this in the last week to ten days, about how the supporters get frustrated that their team at, at home should be winning. That we, our supporters, expect us to win all our games at home, and I understand that level of uh, expectation. Um, and I, 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 my focus is just on the game. I don't try to listen to anything else, and uh, I don't think it's helpful. It doesn't help me anyway. To they will think about the game with them, try to pick up what people are saying around about me. It is part of the job, yeah. uh, but what accompanies that part of the job is the sound of a clock ticking in the background, and pretty soon your time is up. And Kenny, can I ask you one question? Even right. if even if Hearts went to Easter Road and beat Hibs next weekend, would that buy Craig Levine another week or two, or is his time up? Full stop. Yeah. No, in my eyes, I think he's, he's really got to go, and I think it would, for what he's done for the club as a player, you know, and that he's, I was going to say he was the only manager ever to get the Champions League playing at Tynecastle, but it was actually Murrayfield, but uh, I think he's got to just hold his head up. I'm quite happy for him to go back up and be director of football, but uh, I would like to see Hearts get in uh, Mr Hopefully Livingston I think he would be a, a good appointment Well you know what happens These The questions here They get kind of dodged one way and, and then the other And eventually the question Specifically comes Does he think his job is on the line Does he think his job is at risk No No I don't um, I feel that I'm more than capable of uh, Of improving the results I mean we're The season's just started We're six points off fourth place I don't consider that to be a A huge problem for us Oh, well, he's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's bottom of the league. That's problem enough for anybody. Uh, I would not pretend to know the day-to-day dynamic between Ann Budge and Craig Levine, but he sounded very confident there when he said, "No, I don't think my job's under threat." And I, I think they've had the discussion. 
And he has told And Budge mm. That everything's okay Kenny what do you make of that? I think he's very arrogant I mean the, the gossip I mean obviously I'm not living in Edinburgh and, But for all my friends That are season tickets And all that He's very arrogant I think that was the reason All, all we left uh, He questioned something one day And that was him blocked out And I don't know if it's coming with age But uh, Craig really needs to sort of say He's saying No I've had enough of his health scare Last year as well And just let somebody else do it Because it's just not going right Go You know What they've got yeah, Gordon, that's certainly a very, it's a very bold answer, isn't it? Because off, you hear managers all the time and they usually say something along the lines of, oh, listen, that's not up to me. I'll just do the job. And they sort of sidestep it. <laughs> Craig Levine, do you think your job's at risk? No. Well, he's he's obviously been given assurances by Ann Butch to say that, you know, he will carry on. But he's got to win next week's game. But I don't even know if that will save him. Craig will know deep down inside he's under severe pressure and coming out with, you know, we're six points off fourth is, is just a smoke screen. He knows how bad it is. He knows that uh, he's got to start getting results and um, he's an experienced manager. He's not just a young rookie and uh, he knows that his job's on the line. If he doesn't start picking up results, then he'll be out of job. Gordon, three points from a possible 36 and to yeah. stand there in front of the cameras, in front of the media and say that your job's not on the line is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. I think the key yeah, word that Kenny says Craig, arrogance, absolutely. Yeah, that's the way Craig is. That's the way he goes about his business. Uh, that's up to him. But uh, uh, he'll be looking at his own point of view as well by saying, look, am I good enough now to take this club forward? I don't buy this, uh, let's just take the easy way out and put him back up the stair. If he goes as a manager, I think that Hearts have got to start again mm. and get him out the door. I mean, he's actually on the board though, Hugh, as well, yeah. isn't he? It's not, yeah. you know, so that, there's a... But it might be quite difficult to arrange uh, it, but I'm sure there are ways. I'll put it to you another way, Gordon. If, and I understand them talking in hypothetical terms here, if Hearts go to Easter Road and lose, and it's three points from a possible 39, it would be dereliction of duty on Anne Budge's part not to do something about that. Yeah, thank you very much. That was Kenny and Airdrie. Looks like he'll be the, the final caller of the evening. An unhappy Hearts fan wants Craig Levine out, but Craig Levine does not think that his job is on the line. Um, what else can we take away? We're, we really are in the closing stages, Alex. What would be the other yep. conclusions we can reach from today? Yeah, I think uh, you look at some of the other teams. I think Hibs are banging trouble. You look at Aberdeen's uh, run of form as well. One one in uh, the last seven. So there's plenty of teams out there struggling. You have to commend... Livingston for the, the performance he put up Obviously Rangers gone and Celtic gone Even though they weren't at their ve- very best today But good weekend all round And Craig BT for anyone who's ever wondered at home Six hours, six hours and fifteen minutes in the studio That must be a long time This is your first six hour fifteen minute stint Does it fly in? I've got to be honest, it's absolutely fluent Thoroughly enjoyed myself working with these two guys It's been an absolute breeze Yeah, they keep you entertained, certainly <laughs> Hugh Keevans, Um See us out then Because we, we knew it was going to be a day full of drama And a day full of Talking points And that's exactly what we've got Celtic and Rangers Struggled But got there in the end And three points That's all that matters To the pair of them They have lost A significant player In Ryan Kent At Ibrox And Celtic will now Have to sweat On Christopher Julien Because Stad René In the Europa League On Thursday In France Will not be an easy task And it's not the end of the road for Craig Levine But he can see the end of the road from where he's standing (laughs) What a day it has been Rangers and Celtic both picking up three points Maybe not at their best But they get the three points And the gap at the top stays as it was 
at the other end Hearts are bang in trouble But Craig Levine says his job is not at risk Paul Heckingbottom's under pressure as well They too will meet in the Derby next week And uh, it should be another fantastic seven days Coming up in the world of Scottish football We've got European action round the corner We're back on Monday Hugh Keevans will be here Alex Ray will be here I'll be here at six o'clock to look back on it all Make sure you join us And the GBX is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.